think he understood like how extreme my situation was until I'm sitting in his office and my shoulder dislocates, of course. Oh my God. So I interrupt him and I'm like, excuse me. <laughs> so my shoulder just dislocated if you want to see what it's like. Hi everyone and welcome to the Problems We Face podcast. My name is BD and today on Zoom I'm joined by Emma Miller and BD and I met what four years ago? Five? Something like that. When I was in middle school <laughs> we met at Hamo Farm our summer camp. Mm-hmm. Instantly clicked. <laughs> uh, yeah so we went to camp together a little while ago and I guess before we get into that why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself like your story where you went to school stuff like that. Okay, so I am born and raised in Arlington, Virginia, (laughs) just like right outside of D.C. I'm sure people know about that. Mm -hmm. I graduated from Washington Liberty High School, which it used to be Washington Lee, but they changed the name. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And now I'm going to West Virginia University, which is really nice. And I'm really happy to be away from the city. Mm-hmm. I'm studying animal and nutritional sciences and hope to become a vet. Oh, okay. So I guess that transitions into how we met. Like you said, like we said before, we met at summer camp um, on a dairy farm. <laughs> and well, first, I guess, introduce us to your disease and like that and then how that affected your camp. It wasn't really a thing in like the beginning of when we met, but it became a thing as like the years. Yeah. Um, yeah so when we met, BD and I were both healthy. That's true. Walking normally, moving our arms normally, all that good stuff. And then the next year, I think you started having your issues. (laughs) And um, (laughs) like I was I was still okay, but I kept having these weird like I broke my wrist Mm -hmm. and then for the rest of the year, I kept having like injuries in the same location. It was like along my growth plate, but it wasn't quite a break and they didn't really know. So everybody was like, oh, are you sure? Like, are you sure you heard it? And I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure. And now just fast forward five years or whatever it is, I know it's related to Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. So Ehlers-Danlos is or I'll call it EDS, is a group of connective tissue disorders. Uh, there are 13 different types. And I, yeah, I have that hypermobility type, which is the most common. And a lot of people say the most painful, which I haven't experienced other types, but I would definitely agree with that. Um, people with EDS like tend to have really fragile skin which I don't have too bad of, but I do have a little bit. (laughs) And then also like really loose joints. So I'm very prone to joint dislocations as I've learned in the last two years. (laughs) And then with camp, like I didn't know that I had EDS at all while going to camp, but the last year I, I couldn't go. And I just visited over the summer because I had my second of four shoulder surgeries. So I couldn't obviously work on a farm. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your like numerous surgeries and how those went slash are going. Yeah. So getting a diagnosis of EDS took forever. And I was, I was rowing and swimming like in the same season, my junior year. And that apparently wasn't good for my joints. (laughs) (laughs) One day I'm on the erg or the rowing machine Mm -hmm. and my shoulder dislocates and I was like that's not normal Um, 
And I was like rushed to the the school trainer, whatever you call him. And he was like, oh, like, that's fine. Just ice, take a couple of days off and then get back on the erg. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and so I did that. Mm-hmm. And a couple of weeks later, I started having my shoulder dislocate like once a week or a couple of times a week. And then more than that. So I started doing physical therapy, which I was like, I was getting a lot stronger from it, mm-hmm. but it wasn't helping the dislocations. Yeah. So we went to a bunch of different like orthopedic surgeons and kind of asked them like, what's going on? Yeah. And decided to have uh, arthroscopic surgery on my right shoulder, okay. which is like a tiny little incision. Mm-hmm. And then they basically like pull all your ligaments up and then tighten it and then send you home in a brace and you wear that brace for six weeks and do physical therapy. (laughs) In my mind, I was thinking, okay, I'm going to recover from this. I won't row this season, which is fine. I mean, it was not fine, but it's fine. (laughs) Then um, get back to it the next year. Mm So right after the surgery, we, everybody thought like it went great. I had three pins in my shoulder, a bunch of stitches. And then I started doing PT and I was getting strong. I got my flexibility back like immediately. Usually people come out of that surgery and they like can't raise their arm at all. And I, I came out of the surgery and I was like all the way up past my head. So we were thinking like, that's great. You're going to have like an easy recovery. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> no. Um, so then I, I don't actually remember how it happened, but I was like on a bus or something and it was bumpy. And then all of a sudden my shoulder, it's three weeks after my, or three months after my surgery, my shoulder dislocated again. <gasps> oh and no. That was, that was pretty heartbreaking. Yeah. And I went through like the whole process of more PT. I got um, an MRI where they put dye into your joint. You yeah, that? I had that. They're not fun. It's so painful. Um, and they always tell you it's not going to hurt. Mm-hmm. But then, and they say it's going to feel like pressure. And then they do it. And I'm like, that hurts. That It definitely hurts. <laughs> but anyway. Um. Yeah, they gave me, it's like iodine or whatever it <gasps> is. Um, and they gave me mine through my IV and it was like super cold. And then they put it in specific joints. And I was like, this is not a good experience. I'm not a fan. Not fun. I had mine like a needle that was like three inches straight into my joint. So there's like no fat or muscle here to, (laughs) I don't like take the impact. So it was like straight in and that honestly was like just as bad of pain as my surgery (laughs) I had. I, the MRIs freak me out more than the surgery does, but that's a whole different. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I see that. Like, I think I said in my last one that like the surgery, I knew I was going to like go to sleep. And so it wasn't as scary as like the MRI. I got it. I got it at 12 a.m. and I was in the machine like backwards, couldn't see anyone until like 3 a.m. That's horrible. I literally thought that I was gonna like everyone had left and they just left the machine oh, on. I forgot about you. Yeah. Um, okay, so I guess like after those you had surgery, what was that, 2019? Yeah, 2019. In June of like early June of 2019, mm-hmm. I had my second surgery where <laughs> so the MRI they saw like that. The previous surgery had held together. 
So it wasn't like the surgery had failed. And then my doctor like took some measurements, I guess, and saw that the like backside of my shoulder was loose where they didn't tighten it. So he was like, oh, that makes sense. Let's go in and tighten the back. So I got two more screws in the back of my shoulder Oh my God. Oh, or nails. I don't know what pin. Yeah, whatever they are, whatever they use. And that was like... I had to miss the last like week and a half of school, like finals week for it, which was kind of nice, honestly, because I was done with school at that point. And then like junior year is not fun, mm-hmm. but it also was like very hard to catch up. I took some exams over the summer and yeah, that doesn't sound fun. I was lucky. I did the same. My surgery happened at the same time of year, but because of Corona, we didn't have exams. So I just got to like, yeah, that's that good. Yeah, it really was. So you mentioned rowing. How did this like affect your athletic career? I guess like, are you still rowing? Are you still doing that kind of stuff? Or is that? No, no. I- I'm done with rowing. I I think I was so traumatized from the surgery. <laughs> and then like once the second surgery happened, I think I kind of realized like it clicked for me that I wasn't going to be able to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. That was definitely hard. Um, a lot of my teammates uh, <laughs> were actually like pretty horrible about it to me. And yeah, kind of like they didn't directly say like, are you sure? Or like, you're making that up or you're faking it or any of that, but just like their attitudes about it. Like I was not as good of a rower because I was injured or like, because I was going through that. So here I am thinking like, these people are my friends and my teammates. And then a lot of not everybody, but a lot of people (laughs) kind of doubting everything. I think it's also hard because that like your shoulder you got surgery, but it was like essentially invisible, right? Like nobody could actually see that. Yeah. Yeah. The, the little incisions were like half an inch, mm-hmm. which I don't, I'm happy. I'm not complaining. I don't want bigger, <laughs> bigger scars, but yeah, it wasn't like, oh, look at this huge surgery I just had. And like, ha, huh, I told you. <laughs> yeah, it definitely, because you came to the farm after one of your surgeries and the incisions were covered. I just had little band-aids on my... Yeah, <laughs> they were tiny. So definitely didn't it didn't like look that you had just come out of very like serious surgery okay so you've already talked about this a little bit but like how did this disease like affect your life and change and change it like you stopped rowing but was there other things that you had to like move around and like adapt to yeah definitely (laughs) one thing I think I definitely well First of all, my parents increased a lot. Like I now, now I'm like, ah, that's okay. Like that doesn't really hurt. Um, Just, I think from everything that I've been to, and we haven't even gotten to my second two surgeries, which were much more extreme. So, yeah. And I also had to learn how to like not stick up for myself, but like advocate for myself, I guess. And say like, no, this is what I'm experiencing. And I know you don't understand it, but I'm telling you, this is what I'm going through. So like with doctors and people in school and teachers too teachers sometimes like were really unwilling to work with me mm-hmm. me trying to explain like I can't write with my dominant arm because they just had surgery and I have yeah. to stay in this brace like a lot of people didn't understand that so yeah like I had a terrible experience with teachers and how they were so like unwilling to move their classes to like a floor that didn't have to go up two flights of stairs and I like felt like a burden asking for it even though it was completely out of my control 
Yeah. Do you want to talk about your next two surgeries now? We're not really going chronological order, but yeah, we can dive into those. I definitely have more lessons from those two than the other ones. So we can okay, yeah. so let's go. So my second surgery that we just talked about, I <laughs> once again got out of that and I was super flexible already and was doing great in PT. And so all summer I'm doing physical therapy and I was out of my brace and just like doing really well overall. Mm-hmm. Then two weeks into the summer, of my senior year, I'm sitting in my IB environmental class (laughs) and my shoulder just falls out of the socket. But this time it was so much more painful than I've ever felt before because everything was tighter. Mm -hmm. It's not tight enough. Who knows? (laughs) I'm just sitting there. My shoulder dislocates and since it was the start of the new year, I was like, now I don't have to tell my teachers about it. Like, this is great. I can just like start over and, you know, try to be healthy. Yeah. So one of them knew, and I kind of just threw this at all of my teachers that like, guess what? <laughs> <laughs> my shoulder is dislocating like multiple times a day at this point. It oh. would just fall out from like a sneeze or just sitting there or somebody bumping into me, like anything that like, oh, it was just horrible. <laughs> um, so yeah, that like the next month or two is definitely the hardest, like in this whole journey, because like I said, I was either having like four or five shoulder dislocations in a day, or I was having one dislocation that would stay out for like eight hours at a time. And my doctor taught my mom how to come and like pop it back into the socket. But my, I guess my dislocations were so bad that at like, at some point it stopped working. And my mom would like come to my school. I would come out of class, go to the nurse, lay down, and she would spend 20 minutes trying to relocate my shoulder. Oh my God. Also extremely painful. And at that point, like <laughs> my doctor was like, I don't know what to do next because this shouldn't be happening. And I've never seen something like this. So we went to a geneticist, um, a nerve damage thing, testing, I guess, who like, they wanted to see if I had nerve damage because they were thinking like, oh, maybe that's why her shoulders just randomly falling out of the socket. I didn't have nerve damage. Oh boy. We were kind of hoping I did. That way it was like, here's an answer. Mm -hmm. But no. And the second opinion, um, orthopedic surgeon that we went to, we walked into his office and I started explaining like, here's what's happening. And he goes, oh, okay. Like, here's what I think we should do. And it was something completely, I don't even remember what he said, but it was just so like, that doesn't make any sense. That's not going to help. He suggested, I think doing like another year of PT to try to get my shoulder back in place what? and then surgery if I needed it. And I just, I couldn't believe it, but I don't think he understood like how extreme my situation was until I'm sitting in his office and my shoulder dislocates, of course. Oh my God. So I interrupt him and I'm like, excuse me. So my shoulder just dislocated if you want to see what it's like. And I'm sitting on the um, little examination table and he comes over to me and he's like, okay, And then he tries to relocate it and that doesn't work. It's getting more and more painful. And then he starts lifting my arm up in all of these positions to try to pop it back in. And the way that my 
joint was, I guess, like it could go back in or like appear to go back in, but it would fall out. And like, I could feel that it wasn't relocated. It just looked like it was. So I would go like, it, I would tell him it's not back in, like mm-hmm. it didn't work. And then he was like, yes, it is. And he's looking at it and he's like, yeah, like holding my arm in position. I'm like, no, it's not back in. So then he would let go. My arm would fall out. And at that point, I think he kind of realized and started backing off and was like, let's do PT for another month instead. (laughs) And he was like slowly coming back from his original idea. That was very frustrating. Yeah. And doctors in general, I think maybe specific orthopedic surgeons are very like confident in their ways. Yeah. And so especially if like like my disease didn't or my hips didn't x-ray like as bad as they were. So it was like my word against like this trained orthopedic surgeon. And I was like, no, no, you have to believe me. Yeah. Her eyes never showed anything either. Like I would yeah this really painful MRI. And then they're like, it looks great. (laughs) It looks super good. And I'm like, well, it's not. And they all knew it too, but it just, it it was pretty hard because I felt like, like if there's something wrong with like my shoulder, then we should see that. Mm -hmm. But I guess that's, that wasn't really the case for me. So. Yeah. So then did you end up getting another you did get a, another surgery. Yeah. The last doctor I went to is a geneticist because my like original orthopedic surgeon who had done the other two surgeries um, suggested like, hey, I've heard of this thing called Ehlers-Danlos. You might want to go check it out. But basically, and I explained a little bit before, like EDS has 13 different subgroups mm-hmm. and there are three main ones. There's classical EDS, hypermobile, which is what I have, and then vascular. So that involves your heart. And classical and vascular are like really scary and intense and they can do genetic screenings for that, mm-hmm. um, but they can't for hypermobile. So I get to her, of course, <laughs> her office and I'm like, let's, well, I really hope it's not either of these because I think vascular EDS has like a life expectancy of 40 or something. Oh um, my God. Yeah. And then classical EDS, like a lot of times women can't give birth or like have a lot of issues with that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. Obviously, I was like 17 at the time. I wasn't too worried about that, but it's just, it was scary to think that there was more to it than just my, well, just my shoulders. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. So they did all the screening. I got the results back that I didn't have it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> So my surgeon decides to go ahead with a more invasive surgery, um, which is like a open something, something, something. I don't remember the name of it. Yeah. Um, But here, I'll show you my, I have like. Oh my gosh. (laughs) For everyone listening, I was just showing BD my scars. Um, (laughs) So it's, it's a two or two and a half inch incision. Mm -hmm. And then instead of putting a little camera in, they fully like open up your shoulder and it's a much longer procedure. I mean, it's still not that long, but you know, yeah. Um, And it was outpatient too, which was pretty nice. Mm -hmm. But I was terrified for that surgery because I mean, it's just, it's intense. Yeah. It's a lot like your, like your shoulder is fully like open for them too. So was, did the surgeries like progressively get harder to recover from or like more nerve wracking? Like, did it get worse every time you went? 
I think so the recovery like definitely got harder each time but I also had more extreme surgeries each time right Um, but my right shoulder like to this day so a year and a couple months since I had um, my third surgery it still gives me pain like it doesn't feel loose anymore which is great because Mm -hmm. spoiler alert this um this surgery worked (laughs) but um I still I still get throbbing in it and every little feeling I get I'm like a little bit paranoid I'm like what if it dislocates mm-hmm. <laughs> but it hasn't so the third and invasive surgery did did the trick <laughs> right and they did they do like the same procedure as they have done like tighten it or was it something different I think it was basically the same thing but uh, like a lot more extreme mm-hmm. they take like your ligament that's like basically in your armpit and pulls it all the way up um and then I think they use some some sort of like suture instead of pins so I didn't end up with any more pins which is nice (laughs) I just ended up with like this giant scar Um, (laughs) I was in a brace for six weeks but one of the big signs when I came out of my brace I had no range of motion which compared to my other surgeries like I mean normal (laughs) normal people (laughs) want to like have a good range of motion after their surgery but for me we were worried that more motion meant not tight enough right it was actually kind of a good thing to see that I was struggling to lift my arm or struggling to turn it out or any of that kind of stuff yeah so then it took you longer to recover from that one did you do PT again yeah (laughs) of course (laughs) Yeah, I've been in PT since uh, November of 2019. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. And you're still doing it now. Well, now I'm doing it for my knee. <laughs> okay, so why don't you get into that, Joy? Okay. Well, let me just wrap up on my shoulder. Okay, yeah, yeah. And explain how I got my diagnosis. Oh, yeah. Sorry, guys. We're a little all over the place, but it wouldn't be yeah. wouldn't be my podcast if it wasn't totally out of order. So I like recovered pretty well. It took a long time, but I recovered well from my third surgery. Mm-hmm. You know, I was in PT and all that. And then <laughs> one day during school, my left shoulder, which remember had had no injury to it whatsoever, started or it dislocated sitting in class. And it wasn't actually very painful, I think, because it didn't have any damage to it. Mm-hmm. But it oh just, my gosh. so in my mind, I'm freaking out of like, I kind of understand why the right one did because I had an injury and then I had a lot of stress on it going through three surgeries. Mm-hmm. But it made no sense to me why my, my left shoulder started doing that. So we went to an Ellers Danlos specialist. Mm-hmm. It's called the Baton test, and it's a test for the hypermobile, like hypermobile EDS, and it's basically like a scoring type of criteria, and they're like bending you in all these different ways. Mm-hmm. And actually, I scored one under what I needed to qualify for hypermobile EDS, but then, of course, my shoulder dislocated for this woman, and she was like, "No, no, no, you have EDS." <laughs> And she, the, I mean, the scoring is kind of outdated and like needs to be updated, but yeah, 
Can you do? <laughs> Fast forward to May of this last of 2020, I had my fourth and hopefully final shoulder surgery on my left side, which was the same one as the um, the right side, like intense one that I had, if that makes any sense. Right. So do you have two like matching scars or are they? Remember, <laughs> I said that EDS has a lot of skin issues. Yes. I... <laughs> I have, um, my scars like widened a lot. So they were like really straight little scars and well, big, but thin. Mm -hmm. And I got out of the surgeon and I was like, oh, I don't like, I don't know. It really freaked me out to see it so close to my face, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, And my mom was like, oh no, they're going to heal really well. Don't worry about it. And then little did I know I have like the skin complications too. So my scars actually widened. I didn't realize how similar our like our things were because mine did that too. I had like tiny yeah. scars that were like very like they looked just like a straight cut like a line and it's now like two inches wide going down and they're both like very uneven and like yeah. they, they're like in yeah. And I I also so because of Corona, I had to take off the like band, whatever bandages they put on your scars by myself at home without the doctor. And I like kept my hands over where I could see my scars because I didn't want to look at them. Yeah. It freaked me out. Yeah, it made me like nauseous at first when I like when it was healing. Now I'm like, I don't like how it looks, but it doesn't. I mean, yeah. it doesn't scare me but right out of surgery and I was still like on pain meds so I was like loopy and all over the place anyway but right after my surgeries for both of them if I would look at it I felt nauseous I was (laughs) I did not like seeing that and like little stitches like would poke out and stuff yeah that happened that happened all to me too and I was I was actually allergic to the stitches on one side and they started coming out and it was a totally bad experience. (laughs) Okay, so you got diagnosed officially in 2020? Yeah, January of 2020, so a year ago. And that was how long after you started feeling like symptoms or was like... It was a little bit over a year. Wow. Okay. And then you mentioned like your shoulder would pop out during class. Yes. (laughs) Did you like have a reaction to that? Or like, would people know that something was off? Like, how would you do that? Like, how did that happen? Um, So like with my first, like before and after my first two surgeries, I, it would just fall out. And I was like, man, that's really inconvenient and a little bit painful, but it was only really an issue with writing. So I would just explain to my teacher and ask if I could type instead with the one hand, I would type really slowly with one hand. So I would just kind of deal with that. And like, I'm, I'm sure that people close to me had some idea, but for the most part, you didn't know. my third surgery when I said it got got really really bad I sometimes would have to leave class to try to relocate it I would start crying a lot in the middle of class which was always like embarrassing because it to most people it doesn't make sense that someone's shoulder just dis, just dislocated especially like in the middle of class right so I would like tear up or excuse myself or whatever and it was so painful yeah (laughs) definitely like school's kind of put on the back burner for me Mm -hmm. at at first I think that really bothered my parents which is a whole other side of it Mm -hmm. but at some point I think that they realized like this isn't 
right and you need to focus on getting healthy over school. Right. Have you had, so now your knee? Yes. So when did that, when did that? My knee started dislocating um, in September. So pretty recently. Mm -hmm. Luckily, it's not as severe as my shoulders. I mean, I don't really, I'm not a doctor. I don't really know, but (laughs) knees don't have the like gravity pushing on them too. So like my shoulders, I think just because, you know, your arms hang next to you, I think it was a lot easier for them to dislocate. But my knee, just about once a month, it seems to like pretty regularly happen once a month. Well, all of a sudden just give in and like my kneecap slides to that outside and but it looks like my knees pointing inwards and I can't walk and like I'll fall over (laughs) yeah and now I'm doing PT for that too which is also going great but doesn't seem to be helping the dislocations figure out like what's in the next yeah I guess so I forget if we mentioned this before or after we started recording, but Emma currently works on a dairy farm, right? Yeah. So talk a little bit about that and then how, if any, your like symptoms and dislocations have affected working working there. I think working there has affected my symptoms. <laughs> it's like the other way around. Mm-hmm. Um, like if I'll, I work there like two or three times a week usually because I don't have a car and the woman who like, who her name is Marie. Marie like will come and pick me up. And so it's like kind of inconvenient for everyone. And it's more just for me to get the experience and everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I'll always get really sore afterwards. Mm -hmm. I can't layer properly and wear the knee brace. So I usually just put on a bunch of layers and I'm without the knee brace, which isn't the best, but I don't want to freeze. So like by the end of it, I'm always really sore and I usually have to ice my knee right after. Um, Thankfully, I haven't had anything happen while I'm there. Knock on wood. (laughs) So how would you say that your like college experience and your just like moving out and like being in this new place has been affected? And or I guess we can also talk about like how was your high school experience overall like affected by your disease and slash like what have you learned from it well college I think I'm so thankful that my shoulders are healed that my knee is it's really painful but it's kind of just like eh, it's <laughs> happening I guess yeah so like I, I deal with it and it's definitely not fun and I wish it weren't happening but it's okay <laughs> but my I think throughout high school, especially before I got the diagnosis, it was really tough of like, I didn't understand what was happening and clearly no one else understood what was happening. And I was missing, I think I missed like 20 days of school my junior year, like from November on, because yeah, not even the entire year from November until June or whatever. I missed 20 days of school for surgeries and doctors and physical therapy. (sighs) I definitely also like lost a lot of friends. Mm -hmm. Friends in quotation marks. A lot of friends from it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. How would you say it like affected your mental health? Or like has mental health ever been an issue for you going like before or through this? I think that definitely like my first two surgeries, it was challenging because my parents and I (laughs) weren't really at the best spot at Mm -hmm. that point. Like we I don't know, we butt at heads a lot and they 
they're going to listen to this. So I apologize, but they basically didn't believe me when it first started happening. And they were mad at me because I didn't want to go to the doctor because my, the school trainer told me like, Oh no, don't worry about it. You'll be fine. And why wouldn't I believe the school trainer? But so that went on for like a month or two and it just kept getting worse. So I think my parents were like very upset with me for not going to the doctor. Yeah. That's so weird that we've had literally the same, like that's literally what happened to me. Yeah. Anyway, go on. Sorry. I was just. And then after my first surgery, I was supposed to be in the brace for six weeks. Yeah. Six weeks. And I was out of like, I kept taking my arm out of the brace, like probably at week three, because like I said, I had like all of my mobility back and I didn't have any issues with it. So I was like, Oh, it feels great. And they were, they thought that my like not following the doctor's suggestion or whatever was what made the surgery fail and we need a second one. So there was definitely a lot of like issues there. <laughs> and, and I mean, now we all realize that it wasn't anything that I did or anything that my doctors did. It just like was, it just happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are a lot more like supportive, I guess, or like understanding of that. Yeah. <laughs> Right. So would you say that this disease and diagnosis has affected your relationship with them or like changed it? (laughs) Yeah. We've, we've definitely gotten closer because of it. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty frustrated because I think, and I'm sure you've experienced this. My, it's especially my mom. She will, (laughs) I'll tell her something is happening like for example, my shoulder's dislocating. And then she'll like, if she's referring to it, she'll call it like a subluxation, which is like a minor version of a dislocation. So she like kind of downplays, but I think it's, it's, <laughs> it's her way of, she doesn't want it to happen to me. Mm-hmm. So she's trying to downplay it because she feels bad. So like, I know that it's not her not believing. It's just her being sad for me. And that took me a while to understand that. And it still frustrates me. But, you know, I don't think any parent ever wants to see their child go through all of that and experience something. Right. Yeah. I think I never, my mom, I really think literally block this out of her, her mind. Cause she seems to think that we were close in the years I was really sick, sick, but I literally have never had a worse relationship with my mom. Like we fought all the time and it was like, I needed her help. So I couldn't like fully push her away, but we would like not talk to each other when, when we were together. So yeah. And I think, I don't know, it definitely like illness affected our family dynamic, which was like a weird thing to deal with. But I'm sure it happens to like most people that go through some sort of health health problem because it's very like personal. Everyone thinks they're in the right, which is sometimes true. So yeah, you did a little bit of like, I went maybe like fundraising is the wrong word, but like you made those bracelets. Talk a little bit about that. So when quarantine hit, <laughs> I preparing for my fourth and hopefully final shoulder surgery in Mm mid-May and so we were like out of school in what March I think yeah (laughs) we were sent home in March and then I was like wow I'm bored (laughs) and like since I was a senior too like everything had been canceled and classes didn't really matter anymore like they basically canceled everything so I had nothing to do and then I started making little friendship bracelets just like at camp Mm -hmm. 
I, w- I just ended up with like this huge pile of them. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to sell them. And then I decided to make zebra bracelets because zebras are like the the symbol, I guess, of the Ehlers-Danlos community. Um, <laughs> so I actually like made and sold a ton of those. And I think I, I raised like over $1,000 to donate to the Ehlers-Danlos Society, which was just kind of a fun little side project for me. Yeah. So... Did you ever, like, are you very open about your disease to, like, people? And are you, like, is it something that, like, comes along with your personality, you would say? Like, for me, I'm very, I'm very obviously open about my stuff. But, like, in my last one, Lily, who I did, is, like, very not, like, she doesn't tell anyone. So where would you say you fell on that scale and, like, that? I think it depends on the situation. I usually, like don't tell people because sometimes I feel like I don't know how you don't feel this way too but we're just like different in that I guess <laughs> I like it took up so much of my life yeah that, and like I struggled with it for so long that I don't want to introduce myself and like mm-hmm. have people like know that I guess but I'll tell people like if it comes up like if someone asks what what's happening with my knee and I don't really because I'll see the knee brace I right. don't really know the person then I'm just like oh like I dislocated it and like that's it that's yeah if I'm like forming a relationship or like a friendship or whatever with someone then I'll start talking about it and I usually end up getting really sad too (laughs) talking about everything so yeah yeah Yeah, I think I think that's true I honestly haven't really like because of quarantine met a lot of new people but I totally like obviously this podcast is not really a way for me to be like unassociated with my disease but I definitely can feel like like I said in the last one I don't really know how to be BD without my like sickness um so I think that hopefully especially because like you can't really see anything about me anymore then maybe I won't have to introduce it but I like very much understand what you're saying about it's kind of something like I'm coming to realize this for both of us. I think it's kind of something that I'm almost proud of, of like getting through, I guess. And like, I know that I'm going to keep struggling with it for my entire life and it's probably not going to be easy, but at the same time, like I've definitely become a stronger person because of it. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I feel that way. So there's no cure for your, for none of the um, 13 forms of it have a, cure I guess but they do like I mean they have treatments some successful and some not right Um, there isn't like one thing that works for anyone it seems Mm -hmm. but they're just like standard I mean if your shoulder dislocates they're standard standard procedures but not anything really specific to EDS there isn't a whole bunch of research out there yeah because I guess like you said it is considered rare even yeah so do people just not get is it not like easily diagnosable I mean obviously not in New York a lot of a lot of people just like doctors just don't know about it and what I've heard is that like in medical school people study it they have like one slide on it like one lecture slide on EDS even though it's common and like becoming more of a like more people know about it now Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) but my physician I had to explain to her what it was and 
a lot of times like <laughs> in the surgery prep or whatever, like the nurses who are amazing, amazing people. I've met like some just really kind healthcare providers. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of them, like I end up having to explain like self-advocate, which is fine, but I mean, I wish it was something that people knew about more. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> okay. So what would you tell yourself, your younger self, if you, if you could, it's kind of um, a hard question. I I would definitely tell myself that I'm not crazy. Because <laughs> at some point, I think I was definitely like, what is wrong with me? And why is this happening? <laughs> and oh, I would also definitely tell my younger self not to like <laughs> contort my body in ways like really, really young self. Because one of the classic things of EDS is like being able to do these party tricks. So like I can bend my thumb back and like touch my wrist with it and like things that people can't do. Yeah. But and they're but they're like cool things. Or I could actually, when I was little, I could pop my shoulder out and like make this little indent thing. I probably did it for you. I definitely remember seeing that. <laughs> so I would definitely tell like my really young self not to do those party tricks because I mean who knows if they really impacted me, but now they freak me out a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And then what would you say? is like the biggest thing you've learned about yourself through this? Probably just that like I can do it. Yeah. <laughs> that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Like that I can get through it and that like having a change in your life isn't necessarily, like even if it seems bad, it isn't necessarily bad. Yeah. 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 Okay. And then lastly, what would, what advice would you give for someone else like struggling, not just with like EDS, but just like struggling in general with their health or mental health, whatever they're going through? Probably to form like a a good group of people that can support you and like not necessarily support like your disease or whatever you're struggling with directly, but that can just support you like as a whole, because although like I lost a lot of air quote friends, <laughs> I also like found a lot of people, like whether it was through crew or my family or just school or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I found a lot of people that couldn't necessarily relate, but cared. And that was something new for me and yeah. very, very helpful. <laughs> yeah. Have you met anyone else with EDS? I think I, well, my doctor, <laughs> doctor who diagnosed me had EDS. And then there's one other girl in my school who has it. Mm. Uh, I don't think she doesn't have the like joint side of it quite as bad, <laughs> but she has a lot of the other components. Like, so I've never met anyone that's has like a comparable experience. To yeah. My, yeah other people who understand yeah yeah I think that that was a big thing for me is like finding people who could be sympathetic without being empathetic yeah (laughs) I don't know if that makes sense but have you met anyone like I think mine is similar like I've met people with arthritis or have gotten their hips replaced or whatever but it's never it hasn't nobody's ever had like the same experience I had but I think I'm sure you know this everybody like in the orthopedic (laughs) circle is old I always walk in and (laughs) they're like they kind of like tilt their heads at me yeah yes I should be here I'm not here accidentally and like hip replacements I have never heard of someone like our age or I know yeah I I literally was so I wasn't actually freaked out by the surgery I was getting but I 
walked in and saw these like people and they looked half dead and I was like I'm gonna die here yeah. <laughs> these old people just like on cots and they all gave me a side eye it was very it's like such a weird experience yeah. um yeah I just think we both had like very what is the word like severe I guess flares or like whatever you mm-hmm. whatever term that is so that definitely it was like zero to 100 very quickly at least for me and I think for you too yeah <laughs> Mine was zero to uh, like 80 and then 80 to 100 I don't know <laughs> yeah and yours like came in like it was waves right like there was like I mean, really- I've, like I've always had it now I know but um yeah the like it's kind of like a cycle of going through like one injury like trying to fix it that not working then fixing it and then something else and it just seems to always follow that pattern and I feel like I never get a break but I'm happy that my shoulders are fixed yeah yeah definitely that's a a good side and hopefully your knee hopefully your knee like continues to work itself out (laughs) okay well um on that note thank you so much for coming on and yeah do you have anything else to say no just if you have joint dislocations go get yourself tested for eds (laughs) nobody's gonna recommend it to you and then you won't know for years so yeah if anyone's particularly flexible (laughs) test (laughs) just to be safe all right yeah bye guys bye